This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome to Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM. My name is Rich Bradbury, and as usual, I'm joined by my friends, Daniel Fernandez from dsf.my. Say hello, Daniel. Hello, everybody, and hello, Richard and uh, Ali. And of course, Ali Johan from BFM 89.9. Hello, Ali. <laughs> good evening, good evening. And as usual, we have a show for you in three parts. We may have mixed things up a little bit, but, you know, stay with us. We're starting off with uh, some news and some car launches. Then, of course, a bit of a discussion in the middle about some job losses, perhaps, in the ICE vehicle sector. Then wrapping up with a used car guide of the Proton X70. Yeah. Okay, what have we got first, Andy? It looks like Mitsubishi are going to re-enter the compact SUV segment. And our guess, uh, Mitsubishi Motors aims to market this compact model as a competitor to the likes of Honda HRV and Toyota Corolla Cross in Southeast Asia. Because this new model has um, dimensions that's close to the HRV. It also comes with a 1.5-litre petrol engine with a CVT powertrain. But it doesn't have a name yet, Daniel. What do you think it's going to be and what is it like? Right. So everyone is guessing that this is the replacement for the, uh, the aging ASX. Now, the ASX, if you think about it, was actually the first compact SUV in Malaysia. Because more than 10 years ago. I know some people say, oh, it's boring, but it still looks quite dignified. And I even know someone who just bought one last year, brand new one. They had some stock and mm-hmm. this gentleman went and bought one and he showed it to me. He said, you know, I, I, I looked around and this sort of like had an evergreen look to it and also they gave me a big discount. So anyway, the ASX has been around a long time. It's very reliable, very good. They had a two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive. It did very well. They had, I think, maybe like seven or eight uh, variants over the years. Variants meaning localized variants, you know, mm. to keep it fresh. Now, meanwhile, in Japan, they launched a new ASX a few years ago. But Mitsubishi Malaysia couldn't bring it to Malaysia simply because there was no plans for local assembly for the region. And if you okay. want a local assembly just in Malaysia, it doesn't make sense because the numbers that you'll sell will not justify, you know? Mm. So its competitors, meanwhile, had assembly plans uh, for the ASEAN region. So when you have for the ASEAN region, you take some Malaysia, some Thailand, some Indonesia, and then you go across to other smaller nations. It makes a lot of sense. So meanwhile, Mitsubishi has been waiting patiently. Now they've got a small compact crossover. Looking at the dimensions, looking at the pictures, it actually is smaller than the ASX. Huh. So it's going to be launched in Indonesia first. And when they launch in Indonesia, Indonesia likes small vehicles because of the traffic. I think this is more like the Honda WRV size. Ah. Okay. Okay. And if you think about it, they're also coming with a 1.5 litre petrol engine just like the Honda WRV. Mm-hmm. So in terms of pricing, and you heard it here first, you heard it here first, I think it's going to be priced neck to neck with the WRV, which means it'll be around 90000 to just above 100000 hmm. Interesting. So this model seems to be based off the XFC concept car. They showed this last year at the motor show. Um, right. And yeah, when, once uh, we see it on the roads or launched in Indonesia, we can expect it uh, in our market. Uh, it's being built in the Mitsubishi uh, motor plant in Indonesia as well, right? Yes, in uh, it's in a place called Bekasi. There's a lot of factories there. So, you know, the fact that it's going to be built there is definitely coming to Malaysia, definitely going to, uh, to Thailand. And the price will definitely be reasonable, just like the WRV. 
Interesting times with Mitsubishi. Now, um, moving on to Honda, they launched an all-new Honda CRV in America. Uh, it's got a new rugged and sophisticated design with more advanced technology. Even got a fourth-generation hybrid electric engine as well. Um, and now they announced that they're going to come to Malaysia this year. Sixth generation comes in four trim levels, including that hybrid powertrain that they've put on uh, most of their new cars, right? The CT, CT hatchback, and uh, HRV as well. It seems like it's a major upgrade from the previous generation. This CRV, Daniel. Definitely a completely new car. I mean, from the front nose already, you see it's got the new Honda family look because, mm-hmm. you know, the city has this new look, the, the Civic has this new look, including the WRV has this new look. So this is going to be another game changer in the segment. And, you know, Honda is definitely going to sell loads of units. You know, I, I see this segment so crowded because you've got Mazda in it, you've got Hyundai in it. Kia is coming with the new Tucson. And then, of course, you've got the big players, Proton, in it. And then Cherry has got a, a, another player mm. in it. Um, I think it's going to be very crowded, but still there's enough Malaysians who want the Honda badge. What know? kind of price do you think it'll be, Daniel? Okay, this is the tricky part. I think You heard it here first. Yes, I think it's going to be closer to 180,000 ringgit. Oosh. So, yes, so that's a big movement up. But you must understand, with all the new tech that's coming with, with Honda vehicles now, with the safety equipment and the engine technology, plus you've seen all their other models also move up the price range because of all this new tech. So, plus, you know, I have to add in our currency exchange is not so favorable. Um, a lot of the parts and, and, and features are coming from overseas markets. So, I'm thinking about one seventy to 180000 Jumping on to a more luxurious offering here, the Aston Martin DB12 has been introduced to Malaysia by Aston Martin Kuala Lumpur uh, with a price of 1 million ringgit before duties, taxes and uh, customization. Price, huh? End of the day, I have to give it to the British. La. Not to Richard, but to the British. You know, <laughs> they can design gorgeous cars. La, you know? Yeah. Thank you. They thank know, you, thank they you, know thank how you, to pen you. sports cars. Right now, Richard? Mm, mm, hello, hello, yes. Ah yes. So even even the DBX seven hundred seven, which is their their flagship uh, SUV, it's a gorgeous looking vehicle. But the problem is, every time they launch a car, they say before duty. The price is always before duty, taxes, options, and customization. And the reason for this is because nearly all the customers who go in will tick all kinds of fancy boxes. You know what I mean? Uh, hmm. And by the time they add it on, it's probably 1.2, 1.3 million. Then you add on the duty and then it comes up to 2.3, 2.4, 2.5 million. So I'm saying this car, actually, the price, if you're thinking of buying one, Richard, you know, since you're British and all, would be around 2.4 million ringgit. Oof. What kind of um, engine does it run on? This is a new engine. It's called the DB12, but it's now using a V8 twin turbo engine. So the previous DB12 was using a 12-cylinder engine. Now they're, you know... Like everyone wants to, you know, reduce their carbon emissions and everything else. Without them saying anything, I'm assuming that this is their direction to bring down the engine capacities, but maintain the power delivery. So, 680 Mm. PS, 800 Newton meters of torque from a low 2,700 RPM. So, you're still going to get some ridiculous figures. 0 to 100 is 3.6 seconds. Top speed is 3.25. Now, the other thing you must remember also, Aston Martin is now in Formula 1. Mm-hmm. So by being in Formula 1, they're playing in the big leagues. They've got you know, a lot of sports car technology coming in, wind tunnel technology and all that. Not just penning a beautiful looking car, but it's, it has to be aerodynamic and that engine will be sweet to hear when you're driving. 
You know? It will. It will. <laughs> Do we know roughly how heavy this thing is? I mean, 3.6 seconds, zero to 100. Well, you know, a car like this could be up to two tons. 1.8, two tons. Easy. Wow. Let's go from one extreme to the other then. Yes. Now, mm. a new EV in the Malaysian market, BYD announced the Dolphin. Last week, um, the base price is at 99000 That's the big news about it. Also, it comes in an extended range that goes up to 125000 Um, But... What's the size of this EV, Daniel? Okay, so this is a small, compact EV. Exactly what plenty of Malaysians everywhere who are wanting to have an electric car but can't afford the luxury models have been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Now, there is an extended range for 124000 But, you know, once you, you already hit the sweet spot of 99000 you go in there, you negotiate your interest rate, this, that, your monthly payment. You say, okay, la, I, I drink less coffee, I, I go buffet dinner less, you know, blah, blah, blah. You can afford this car. The only thing is, this is not a big car. This is not something that, you know, a lot of Malaysian families can utilize. Because why? It's a five-door compact hatch. So, in terms of size, you're looking at something... Uh, you know the older Myvi, the yeah, very popular yeah. older Myvi. You're looking at something that size, slightly longer. So you've got slightly more luggage space. But in terms of interior space, you've got a higher roof. Five people will sit comfortably. But you know, if you're going long distance, you got to, you have to think about five people's luggage, not so easy, you know? But think about it. A lot of Malaysians, even middle class Malaysians, they always have two cars. Mm. They might have a like an Exora at home to go long distance or they might have an Arus something below 100,000 that they can travel long distance. And this will be the city commuter car. That price, though, that, that's um, ruffling a few feathers, right? Ruffling a lot of feathers because why? It's, it's not only going to, 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 to you know, jumpstart Perdua and Proton's uh, move to talk to their partners about electric cars, but it's also mm. telling the other Chinese car manufacturers who are selling cars at around 160, 170, 180, do I really need to pay an extra 30,000, you know? Because the mm. extended range... It's pretty decent. It gives you 420 kilometers of range. Mm-hmm. And at 124,000 ringgit, that's very easy to swallow, you know, in our, in our current economic situation. What about the base one? The base one, if I'm walking to the showroom to look at a base model, which is 340 kilometers, mm. um, it's still doable because well, you can charge it at home. You can, you can use a normal, normal socket and charge it, you know, mm. and you can charge it overnight. So if, if you're thinking, say, now the average person who's working in a bank or government service or, you know, an office job or even like you guys, you know, you just go into the radio station, you do your job and then you go home, right? Mm-hmm. You're not in between traveling here, traveling there like me. So you, you will roughly consume 300 kilometers in a week. Once a week so you, you charge, huh? Once a week, you charge. I mean, mm. Ali, you just go back home, you know, over the weekend, uh, you go to sleep, you just charge it. Yeah. You're, you're ready to go for the next one week. Game changing. Yeah, the size. Yeah. I mean, the size is really popular with Malaysians. Yes, and I like the look of this. Mm. Yeah, it's not a bad looking vehicle at all. Yeah, it's, you know, like some electric cars are neither here nor there, but this one, uh, it's sort of universal, you know? Yeah, it, it hits that sweet spot between it, it's not trying to be too futuristic and electric, yes. you know? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just about right. Yes. Yeah, and it comes with some interesting two-tone colors. So, you know, because it's fully imported, they can, they can pick their colors and everything else. So I think this is going to sell. I mean, the, the BYD Auto 3 has already uh, delivered 2,200 units in Malaysia, right? Mm-hmm. I think this is going to double up, double up easily. 
Yeah, so uh, local players definitely going to be quaking in their boots then. Mm. Okay, time for a short break then, ladies and gents. When we come back, uh, potential job losses in the IC vehicle sector. Looks like specialing in those vehicles is becoming a bit of an obsolete skill. Or is it? That discussion after these messages here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Hope you've not gone anywhere. Uh, now, onto that discussion that we uh, teased just before the break. Um, this idea of specializing in internal combustion engine vehicles uh, seems to be becoming an obsolete skill. Or does it, Daniel? Well, we saw this report last week uh, in, a, in a German uh, online uh, news portal. And, you know, this is a very professional news portal. Um, they give us, they, they share with us a lot of information on the, the German auto market and everything else. So when they came out with this and said, you know, there's almost, there's a, there's a possibility of 80,000 jobs in Germany being lost by 2027, which is surprisingly just three and a half years away. And then I was thinking about it and, you know, I think this is relevant to us because, you see, Germany embraced electric vehicles quite fast, but yeah. not at a staggering rate because uh, there were still a lot of people who had their wonderful diesels and they didn't want to stop using their diesels. As you know, diesels, you know, you can travel into inter-country across Europe easily and on a tank of fuel, you know. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. despite all the issues with Dieselgate and everything else, people are still using their diesels. Um, number two, diesel is still being sold in, 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 in Europe. So, you know, if they stop selling diesel, then it's a different question, you know. And mm. then electric cars, charging in Europe is still not cheap, right? Right. It's still got a very high car because electricity is not subsidized. In fact, electricity prices are going up in Europe and in UK and everywhere else. So people are starting to slow down their electric car purchases. Of course, in, in Scandinavian countries, there's a lot of rebates for electric cars and the adoption is different. So... Germany is also bracing itself for you know, possibly 80,000 job losses. Now, 80,000 job losses also means certain people will be retired before time and their contracts will not be renewed. Because why? A lot of these factories also now will produce less ICE cars and more electric cars. So imagine now uh, factory A producing um, 10,000 electric cars a year, but they're producing also 100,000 petrol cars, right? So you've got the, the, the job skills to, to produce the ICE cars. But now as production increases to say 20,000 electric cars or 30,000 electric cars, not because Germany is, uh, Germans are buying these cars or Europeans are buying these cars, because people in Asia like Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, Indonesia have started buying more German electric cars, right? Right, right. The workers in these factories now will suddenly see their jobs getting, you know, obsolete because less ICE cars will be produced. And also the development of new petrol-driven cars slowing down. A lot of manufacturers are saying we will stop developing new petrol engines or the vehicles mm -hmm. run on petrol. So, if it, for example, Volvo. Volvo doesn't want to develop any more new petrol vehicles. They're just finishing up what they have right now and they're going to go full electric in a couple of years' time. So that means those in the development of ICE engines will probably lose their jobs. What about the idea of, of, of reskilling an, an already existing workforce, Daniel? Is that part of, I, I guess, the, the restructuring of these companies? I think they will do it for the younger generation, but not for the older people. Because it's like for me, you know, if I get a new smartphone, 
90% mm. of the features I don't know how to use. I can teach you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll come for a tutorial <laughs> soon. But, you know, a lot of people, it's difficult for them to absorb some of these new features. I mean, of course, with all these this changes going in the industry, people will lose their jobs. But at the same time, what this news is not saying is there's a whole new group of people who get jobs. Correct. Yeah. Whole new people. I want to emphasize this article for Malaysia. And for Malaysia, it's not about the factories. It's about the workshops. You see, now I'm driving a petrol-driven car. You're driving a petrol-driven car. Ali is mm. driving a petrol-driven car. Now, all three of us will still go to our relevant mechanics. We don't go to, we don't go to the dealerships because our cars are old, right? Mm. Mm. So Ali is not going to the dealership. You're not going. I'm not going. So we are going to the simple workshop mechanic who knows what to do. He buys the parts. He fixes it for us. You know, and then every few months, we go back to him for servicing and whatever else. And it's fine. Mm. The prices are reasonable. I mean, not for your car, I don't know, Richard, because you're driving a luxury car. But the prices are reasonable, you know, everything is running fine. Now, at some point, you might buy an electric car. Ali might dri drive an electric car. Myself, not yet, lah, because I can't afford it. Mm. Um, you might say, oh, I'm not going to go back to this guy, you know? Right. So that means yeah. both your workshops will get one less customer. Hmm. So and over time, that one will become two, will two, become ten. Three, yeah. yes, exactly. And then... When you see older electric cars on the road, even though they are five, six years old, the warranty is ended, you at some point will say, no, I still have to go back to the dealership because I don't know whether my outside mechanic can even change a light bulb, you know? Mm. Because mm. of the high, high tension cabling inside, he might also say, hey, Kawan, I think you better go and find uh, someone else, you know? Mm. Now, just for laughs, in the last few months, I've taken every electric car I've driven I've taken to my regular mechanic just for him to have a look, you know? Uh-huh. And every time I go in an electric car, he look at it, he say, wow, this brand is so now go electric car. Then I open the hood, I show him all the wiring, he says, I can't even change the aircon gas. I can't do anything, you know? Mm -hmm. I said, can you change my wiper blade? Mm -hmm. Ah, that one can, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that, that kind of transition. My dad, I think I've told you this story before, but he used to drive an old Volvo 244DL. Yes, know, and yes. That was the kind of thing that you could get your hands on, you can get dirty, you can change pretty right. much every part of it. And then he went out and he bought himself, uh, I believe it was a Peugeot. And, and it, it was in that kind of transition phase where he opened the bonnet and he's like, I, I, I don't know anything in here. The yeah. only thing I can do is add the windscreen wiper uh, fluid and Correct. the oil, the rest of it, he had no idea how to do. And that kind yes. of, for him, was that moment of, well, that's it. I can no longer look after my own car. Yes. Same thing with my dad. I remember the good old days in his Ford Escort. Yeah. Every Sunday without fail, he opens the hood. Yeah. And he's checking this, he's checking that, he's checking this. If there's something wrong, he'll try and fix it. He had his own toolkit and everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, years later when he retired and then he got himself a new, a new Japanese car, when I brought it home, he opened the hood and said, I don't think I like this car. Yeah. <laughs> because I can't think with it. Because he can't think with it, and you know, for for the older generation, this is like a like a hobby, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then he was telling me, "Do you know this car is too complicated? You have to go back there, and they're going to charge you a lot of money." I said, "Well, that's the way things are, you know." Mm -hmm. So DIY was out the, out of the out of the question, you see. So with electric cars, I'm, my worry is now in Malaysia. You have all these older mechanics; they have to go. Okay, fine. They're already older. It's time for them to retire. Maybe you know time for them maybe to do other things I don't know I'm not I'm not saying they have to do anything else but I'm worried about the next generation coming in the ones that are coming from the automotive colleges are mm. they ready to touch an electric car well there you go shocking mm. see what I did there shocking mm. anyway 
Let's take a short break then, folks. And when we come back, uh, it's an interesting one. Our car review. Uh, rather, it, it's a used car guide, rather, I should say, uh, of the Proton X70. We'll be right back after these messages here on BFM 89.9. And we're back on Cruise Control here on BFM 89.9. We're into our third and final part of today's show, the used car guide, the Proton X70. Now, how long have these actually been on the road, Daniel? Um, now, just past five years. Right. Okay. Just Tell past five years. This. Right. How much so, is a, your average used Proton X70 today? Well, it, it goes, average is about 50 or 1,000. Oh. But it can go as low as 40 or 1,000. So let me explain what happened. Um, yeah, please. You know. People always come to me and ask me once in a while for, you know, uh, use car advice and this and that. This time around, it was a lady and she wanted to buy a Mazda CX-5 SUV. And even though it's it's the first generation CX-5, which is a 2015, 2016 model, she said, no, I like the look. I want to buy a used one. And she was selling her old uh, run-out compact hatch line. I'm not going to mention the brand, but it was really old. She said, I want to upgrade. I want an SUV. This is what I want. I just need you to help me make sure that the car I'm buying... You know, because it's old, it's it's well well looked after, and you know roughly how mm. much I need to spend to get it uh, reliable. So we went looking for you know for a few places in in Pataling Jaya and all that, and everywhere we went, we saw an X70 also on sale. Huh. Okay. Uh, sometimes two, sometimes three, and you know, the CX5 was going for about sixty. The cheapest was about fifty nine to about sixty two thousand. Uh, you know, the the mile facelift was about seventy odd thousand, and of course the mileage is lower and everything else. You know, she thought sixty odd thousand she can get this vehicle, so she was looking at the really the first generation CX five. Right. So we went to see a couple, and then we went to see a third one, and she said, "I don't know if you notice, sir. Huh? There's a lot of that that nice proton, you know, the nice proton, you know, because." This, these are not car people, you know. And I said, yes, it's called the X70. There's a lot on the road. Yeah, what do you think of that car? I said, well, it's okay. Um, the first owner would have had all the fixes done if there was any. Uh, there were some issues with the car in terms of gearbox, some engine mounting, uh, aircon, uh, fan and everything else. But, you know, the first owner would have sorted it out, you know. Yeah. Because under warranty and everything else. So I said, you know, but we still need to check the car because there are also flood units out there. There are also um, uh, accident damage units. And, you know, some units were used for grab. I know two friends of mine actually use it for grab, you know. Ah, so okay. you got to see the mileage and the usage and all that. So we, I said, if, if, you're, if you're keen, we can look at it. But I was not tracking the prices. So in my mind, I was thinking maybe around 60000 or so. So mm. we didn't go back to those other used car dealers. What we did was we went and checked the online classifieds. And there was one big used car dealer just outside PJ. And they had a few units for sale. And they also had a Mazda CX-5 there. So we okay. went in and had a look at both vehicles and all that. And the funny thing is, you know, if, if you look at the Mazda Japanese build quality and everything else, the, the X70 looked a little bit more worn mm. Mm. in terms of the leather seat, the, 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 do, the lower door panel, the footwell and everything else. But still, the mileage was about, you know, 120, 130, give or take, maybe some were slightly lower, some were slightly higher. And it didn't look like the mileage had been clocked because when I asked the dealer, can I see the service record? He said, I have the last three-month service record. And another unit, he had just one service record. But the service record came from the dealership, from Proton dealership. That means the owners were still going back to the dealership. So if they're going back to the dealership, we can always call the dealership and say, okay, this plate number, blah, blah, blah. 
Let the car get repaired by you. Of course, you know, some of them will give you the information straight off. But it's better if you visit them, then they'll be more inclined to give, share the information for you, you know? Because okay, you're telling yeah. them, I'm buying this car secondhand. And if I buy it, I'm going to come back to you and continue the service uh, schedule, you know? Yeah. So, I, I, I do, we have not checked all this. I said, okay, it sounds reasonable. But why is the car a little bit more worn? But, you know, end of the day, we're not here to question all that. This is how people look after their cars. Mm, mm. One dealer said, okay, we can test drive. She was happy. She took it out for a test drive. She came back. I just sat in the back and then she said, I want to test out the CX-5. The guy said, okay, can, no problem. But he did tell us, he said, the moment you drive the CX-5, you like it better. So he said, why? It just feels better. The, the Proton feels faster because it's got a turbocharged engine, but the CX-5 feels more solid, more, you know, well put together. And she did. She took it out for a test drive. She came back and said, oh, the CX-5 is much better, you know. But ah. also because the CX, you see, the CX-5 is not a turbocharged engine, but for these people, when they buy a car, they're not racing around. They're not, you know, thinking of going at 150 kilometers an hour in the highway. They just want to drive. They want something high. They want something that looks a bit more dignified. They want, a, they want an upgrade, you know. Mm. So we said, okay, deal was done. Uh, decided on the CX-5 because that CX-5 had the, the color she wanted, the interior she wanted. And also, we, when you check the car out, it was a well-groomed car, well-looked-after car. But mm. because I'd gone on this journey, I had started doing a little bit more research on the X-70. And what I realized is there were a lot of units going as low as 44,000, 47,000. And these are five-year-old units. Okay? And when you talk to the dealer, the dealer is very quick to even drop the price by another two, three thousand dollars and the reason I think is because there are too many units in the market. And why there's a lot of units is not because it's a, it's a car that's being dumped by the owners. There's a lot of units in the market because they sold 100 over 1,000 units. Yeah, they did. A mm. lot. You know, when you sell a lot, what happens? All these people after five years or maybe on the fourth or fourth, four and a half years, they will trade in their car for a new one because the warranty is about to end. Mm. This is normal with a lot of people. There are a lot of Malaysians who believe that I buy a car... I, I even have some friends and relatives to do this. The moment it's about to hit five years, they'll sell the car. So the next mm. owner still has a bit of warranty so he can go and check with the dealership. But the price also is a bit higher because of the, the warranty still active, you know? Mm -hmm. And they don't mind losing whatever they've lost because I've done with the car. Now I get another car with another new warranty. Got it. See? Mm. So yeah. you, you start checking and seeing, you look at the classifieds, Plenty on sale. Plenty. And when I say plenty, you know, if you go to some of the classifiers, okay, how many units? Oh, 300, 400, 500 units in just one wow. classified section. Wow. Now, when you sell 100,000 cars, a lot, of, a lot of it will get into the used car market over the years. Mm. Now, the problem with these cars going in so cheap is because a lot of people start saying, ah, this one because I've got problem problem. You know, this one because of this. A lot of these cars might have a little bit of problems, but they are used cars. But, there'll be others who are actually in perfectly good condition because who are the buyers? You don't see people buying a Proton X70 and modifying it, you know? Mm, mm -hmm. You don't see them lowering it. You don't see them putting in bigger wheels. You don't see them, you know, upgrading the audio system with a boombox. Maybe they upgrade for a bigger screen or something like that or maybe a, a version that has got Apple CarPlay, but they're not doing severe modifications to the cars, you know? Yeah. So if you ask me, these cars are actually quite interesting to look at if you're looking at a 40,000 budget uh, to buy an SUV right now. There are a number of units for sale. 
you can actually browse and take your time to pick the one you like. And one of the ways you can check whether this car has been flood damaged, like I've said before, always pull out the side rubber at the bottom, check under the carpet. That means you just flip the carpet open, you know, from where the footwell is mm. Mm. and see if you, you get any residue or whatever. Of course, there are some flood damaged cars who, who, who get really clean. That means they remove the carpets and seats and they get the car really cleaned up. That one, you know, you have to go to a mechanic to really check it because you have to put it on a lift and look underneath, you know. Mm. Because mm. only when you look underneath can you see the rust spots, the little screws and all which have been damaged by flood damage, you know. Mm. But if you want to do a quick check, this is one way you can do a quick check. The other thing is the driver's side uh, uh, door sill, the grab handle, you know, things that the driver is going to be using every day. Because the driver's side is the most worn in any used car. So if you see a car that has got a very worn driver's side, maybe the seat, the leather seat is already starting to crack, the grab handle is worn out, the buttons are worn out, you know, the, the kick panel is all worn out, and then the mileage is only 80,000, then you know the guy's you know, twisted the, the, the odometer backwards, lah, you know? Right. Because that shows where, but the mileage doesn't show where, you know? So these are little tricks so you can see. W- would you pick one up then, Daniel? You know, if because I know people in the dealerships, at 40 over 1,000 ringgit, if, if I can get, you know, one of the dealerships to confirm that this guy had a full service history with them, plus all the repairs that were done, plus all the changes, or maybe, you know, they had a gearbox change or whatever else because some gearboxes were faulty, I would consider yes. Because why? At 40 over 1,000, this is a pretty good deal. As long as I can get all the, all the things checked, you know? Mm. Now, for the mm. average person, that's going to be a bit tedious. But if you're talking about, say, Pataling Jaya, there's a quite a number of used car dealers. There are also a lot of big... Uh, uh, proton dealerships. Now, if that used car dealer is selling a, a Proton where it was purchased from one of those dealers, and it's very easy to check because all you need to do is look at the windscreen up, you'll see the previous service uh, sticker, right? Mm. So if you see the previous service sticker is XYZ Sindran Bharat, you say, oh, that's in Sungai Wei, or that's in Klanajaya, or that's in, you know, PJ Old Town, for example. Mm. Take the number plate, Go, go to the dealership. If you're really serious, go to the dealership. Go to the SA and say, listen, I've just seen this car in the used car dealership. I want to buy it. There's a good chance the guy say, oh yeah, this is one of our customers. Or, yeah, he actually traded in to buy a new car. You know? <laughs> because they always give it back to a, to a used car nearby. You know? Right. And if you can verify everything, it's a pretty good deal. Because end of the day, it's a large SUV. It still looks very modern. It still looks very fresh. You know? Mm. And maybe if you're getting it for 40 over 1,000 ringgit, change like the spot dream. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe give it some nice, you know, new paint job or something. Eh? Nobody will know it's an old car. Eh? All right. Well, thank you very much for that. Okay, folks, it's time for us to wrap up, of course. Uh, and as usual, it has been a show in three parts. Um, if you did miss any part of the show, don't forget you can download the podcast wherever you normally get it from. As usual, we recommend the BFM app. That's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. We started off with uh, some new Mitsubishi in the uh, compact SUV segment, the Honda CRV Hybrid, Aston Martin DB12, hello, and the BYD Dolphin coming in at just under 100,000 ring it um that's before the taxes and the add-ons and everything else um job losses in the uh, ic vehicle sector was our discussion then of course just wrapping up there the used car uh, car guide on the proton x70 we'll be back same time same place next week for cruise control here on bfm 89.9 the business station
You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.